Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of UK Estate Agency, the time is the 22nd, even the 2nd of September 2022. For the last two and a half years, we have been making hay and the property market has been absolutely exceptional. It's been great times to be an estate agent. But the dark clouds are on the horizon and the property market simply cannot continue in the way that it is going at the moment. With the cost of living crisis, uh, inflation, it is going to affect the property market. And anyone that says it won't is sorely putting their head in the sand like an ostrich. So therefore, if you are worried about what's going to happen for the rest of the year and probably 2023, you need to know what you need to be doing now to enable you to not only survive but thrive in 2023. What I've done today through the power of the ICG is brought together the who's who of UK estate agency who've been there done it and bought the t-shirt who've been through the 2008-2009 property crash and I must stress I'm not saying there will be a property crash but I think it's really really important to plan for the worst and hope for the best. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about what these agents did back in the good old days of 0809 and then move forward to talk about what they're doing now using the power of technology um, and other great things to help them not only thrive but survive. Today we are joined by some of the some absolutely big hitters. We firstly were joined by Lee Wainwright who was at one point Mr London for Countrywide when Countrywide were a fear but people used to fear countrywide. He, basically, it was all down to him and his team. So what he didn't know or couldn't get through in 2008, it's worth knowing. So again, Lee, thanks for joining us today. We then have West London's leading estate agent, the Ben Madden, who basically had a four branch network, sold it for absolutely shed loads of money. And he could have gone and sat on a beach, but no, he decided to open up another estate agency with Fine and Country Network in West London. And he literally is beating them off with his sticks. And I'm just loving your social media at the moment, Ben, keep that up. We're joined by Jason Tebb, big in the game, ex-estate agent, and now runs on the market. And he's going to be talking about what he did as an estate agent and what he's noticing at the moment with regard to his members, which again can help you guys out there in estate and agency land. Then we're joined by Ian Macbeth. Ian Macbeth, basically one of the fastest growing estate agents in the UK. What him and the Avocado team doesn't know about Berkshire and the property market, absolutely fantastic. They really are pulling trees up in the self-employed estate agency model. And you could say, well, what's that got to do with employed estate agencies? Absolutely nothing. The bottom line is that is the future of estate agency and his marketing, he's beat them off with sticks. We're also joined by the absolutely gorgeous Vicky Beerberis and mum to Albie, who's basically the UK estate agent's favourite dog. And uh, Vicky is the MD of Location Location. They've won more awards than, the, than you can name. She's had more awards than hot drinks in terms of what they've done at the Location Location. And again, they've been through the Quagmire back in 2008. So again, Vicky's going to share with you what she did. And then we're joined by... Basically, the, I, I, you know, big in the game, Ian White, who basically has been there, done it with Romans, knows what he's talking about, and basically the guru of some of the biggest estate agents in the UK at the moment. So what, you know, what comes out of Ian's mouth, you need to listen to. And then finally, we've got Mr. Douglas and Gordon himself, but now runs the UK's biggest viewing platform, Viewbo. We've got Ed Mead. What Ed Mead doesn't know about estate agency isn't worth knowing. So we've got, we know, hundreds of years of experience here. And we're going to share with you 
what's happening. So I think the first thing we need to do is talk about what is exactly happening in the property market. So what I want to do first is I'm a firm believer in ladies first. So let's go to Vicky. Vicky, what's happening in the property market in London compared to say six or 12 months ago at the moment? What changes are you seeing? So the biggest changes we're seeing at the moment is the volume of um, inbound leads has dropped considerably. So we're noticing about a 55% drop on sales inquiries, lessons inquiries, different sorry altogether. I think everybody's experiencing the same. So the volume of leads there is, is consistently extremely high. Um, and in actual fact, we avoid putting properties online. Initially, we serve our database first and then go to the online market if we so need to, which often isn't the case. But sales, the, the inquiry numbers have dropped considerably. So fewer buyers currently looking and a lot of people kind of taking a bit more of a backseat again and waiting to put their homes online until post-Christmas, see what happens. Um, because obviously the tracking gap needs to be taken into consideration. So people are being a bit more mindful. And when you say leads, are we talking about both buyer leads and vendor leads? Yeah, I mean, specifically buyer leads and vendor leads in terms of, you know, the volume of properties coming onto the market for sale has dropped considerably too. So I think from a buyer's perspective, we're down about 55% and instructions going to market down about 15, um, but increasing. Okay, let's go to West London and uh, Ben. How are you finding the, the West London property market today compared to six months ago and 12 months ago so look i mean i think it's it's important to say that timing of, of this conversation is a little bit tricky because the last six to eight weeks naturally looking at seasonality we don't expect the summer to be as busy as as the month before that um and that's that falls in line with all the things that we're dealing with right now as you already mentioned cost of living interest rates all the usual bits and pieces that are in the press every day compared with six months ago reasonably similar actually if we go so two months ago was very similar to six months ago right now in this moment in this week london wide west london wide instruction levels are down activity is down we expect by mid-september activity levels to be sort of on a par with where they were eight maybe nine weeks ago um compared with a year ago i mean if i'm talking about right now in the moment then yeah it's, it's difficult because the, the summer has been from a personal perspective business has been actually okay we've been a sort of proactive about how we do things but generally market conditions yeah less properties coming to the market buyer inquiries are only coming through for niche properties are going to the market at the right price price sensitive i mean price sensitivity is is always important but in a in a flat market i guess it becomes a little bit more important I mean, what is interesting, we'll go to Ian Macbeth in a second, but nationally, the number of new instructions at the moment, um, the, the average for the last year has been running at 31,907 new instructions per week. And in the last four weeks um, for new instructions, we've been running at 31,5, 32, 32 and 33. So the number of sales is remaining quite high. Vicky, would you say that probably you said your sales, you know, the number of inquiries are down, but the quality is probably better because looking at these stats, this number of sales are about the same nationally. No, I think you're bang on. Instead of having, you know, the best part of 20, 30 buyers bidding against each property, those numbers have come down considerably. 
but the people that are there are serious and still keen to do it and have had horrific experiences trying to buy up until now. So they're hedging their bets. They're like, I'd rather buy in a market like this, especially if the property is priced, you know, uh, accurately, let's say, uh, as Ben said. So buyers are still keen to make it happen. And the quality of buyers that now remains is much, much better. And I hope everybody agrees that it's a much better time to be an estate agent. So we're not struggling to sell the properties we do have. And it's not like those aren't still experiencing bidding wars, but the telltale signs are there. And the comparison that I use is kind of um, based on, you know, summer months of this year in comparison to last and even those of 2020. So yes, volumes are calming down. Serious people are still out there and business is still being done, but pricing accurately is now always, I mean, it's always key, but now more than ever. I mean, interestingly, again, we'll come to you in a second here with some stats, but you know me, I'm a bit of a stat geek. Uh, the average value of properties coming on the market a couple of months ago was nationally was around 430, 440. Um, in, in August, it was 390 to 400. So nationally, lower houses are coming on the market. Okay, let's uh, let's listen the stats and go back to Mr. Barkshire himself. Um, Ian Macbeth, what... What are you noticing in the Berkshire property market today compared to six and 12 months ago in terms of buyer leads, vendor leads, houses come to market, sales agreed, that sort of stuff? Yeah, for us, we're obviously still a growing mm. business. So each month is, is better than the last. So we sort of had some record breaking figures last month, but that's not relevant to the market. That's just the business is expanding. I think what's probably happening in the home counties is the panic, the amount of panic buying has been withdrawn from the market. And I think six months ago, buyers were panicking and overpaying on properties because of the fear of missing out. And I think in the property market, what we're finding now is there is less of that happening. If you still see that golden ticket listing go live, there will still be 30 inquiries, 10 over asking price offers on the open house. But in the main, there's much less of that. So I think the panic buy element of the market has kind of come out of it a little bit. Obviously, interest rates from a mortgage point of view, people are now finding as well that when they've had their offer agreed um, or they've had an AIP agreed maybe eight weeks ago, then they find a property, they come back to do the submission and they're finding it's a little bit different. That's causing a few little mm. tricky scenarios as well. So, yeah, I just think the panic buy element is out of it and we're, it feels a bit more normal than maybe what it was six months ago. OK, let's go to Lee Wainwright. What have you got to add to this, Lee? Yeah, I think um, just a couple of observations to start with, and that's that it doesn't feel like we've had normal property market conditions for a long time. Um, and I think a lot of what we've experienced over the last two years leads to that we need to make hay type um, uh, analogy that somebody used earlier. <clears throat> I'm, I'm not, I think you'll, you'll definitely split the audience today in terms of talking us into a recession, here we go, being all negative. Um, and I, I think you, you, you accurately um, positioned your language earlier that this, this isn't about talking ourselves into recession. This is about the fact that there are some changing conditions. Economically, there are some things that are very different. Uh, I love your stats too. What I, what I really see across the summer is volumes of transactions, volumes of new instructions are strong. Uh, August is, has more new instructions nationally than, than last year. And there are still some very positive indicators in there. But when you listen to the sort of environment 
that that Ian and Vicky describe with twenty or thirty buyers for one property. That's different now, um, and this this for me is is a really good opportunity for the good agents who understand good practices to think about how they um, build market share, differentiate their business, and and take the opportunity that's provided by that shift in conditions where good agents who are proactive go faster and bigger than the agents who've held back and, and waited to see what's going to happen to them. Uh, and that's exciting for, for, for good agents across the UK right now. You want those opportunities to differentiate yourself. And there certainly are some opportunities. Let me just share this stat with you before I go to Jason Teb. The average number of properties coming on the market in August 21 was 28,200. And this month it was 32,300. Let's go to Jason Teb from On The Market. Thank you, Chris. I think that um, I completely agree with Lee is that we've, you know, in these kind of markets, we haven't seen a normalised pattern for many years. Um, certainly pre, you know, pre-COVID seems like a long time ago now. And I think and I would argue we're still not in a normal market in inverted commas. I think most agents would actually like a normal market because it enables them to plan ahead. It enables there to be some stability. Um, I think from a, you, you look at those, the, the, those headline numbers you'll you'll be aware of all the stats but the thing that i find the most interesting is that despite all of the macroeconomic headwinds despite the cost of living um crisis despite the geopolitical stuff that's happening in the the ukraine and, and elsewhere there's still an innate resilience in the uk population to be homeowners or want to be and aspire to be homeowners and that means that that sentiment which is the thing that so often fuels markets um, it, it doesn't, you know, your, your own, the, the, the global statistics or national statistics aren't relevant unless you are sitting at home with your other half discussing whether to buy or not. Your finances matter, no one else's do. But the fact that these people are still positive and seem positive about the, the property market is really interesting for me. And I think that it shows that innate resilience, probably partly driven by the fact that until very recently, I certainly haven't in 20 years experienced this low levels of stock for sales. Lessings is different, as uh, Vicky mentioned earlier, but for, for, for sale, I hadn't seen that low levels, but those levels are starting to, to increase now as the others seem to be agreeing, uh, certainly our stats suggest it. So I think it's that normalized process. Of course, we're not going to be in normalized market because of the challenges that we may face in the next six months. But I think from your perspective, as as you quite rightly pointed out when we came to this presentation, this is about understanding how agency works in challenging markets. Challenging markets don't necessarily mean recessional markets. They can just mean not, not stock rich markets, not buy rich markets. It can mean flat and still be challenging. And I think that's why it's important to chat. Okay, let's go to Ian White. Ian, you, you've got the ear of some of the biggest names of a state agency. You know, the, brand, the multi-branch networks are between 10 and 50. What are you hearing on the grapevine with regard to their property markets? And then anything else you want to add to what's been said so far? I think it's really simple that we're, we're just transitioning from a, a low stock, high buyer uh, marketplace into a higher stock, lower buyer activity marketplace and probably a more normal one. So all you've got to do is point your guns in a different place. Everybody was chasing the instruction. Well, now maybe you've got to either trace how to sell the instruction um, and how to attract buyers that own other properties. So it's just, for me, it's just a strategical change. The challenge isn't the market or the economy. It's the change you have to make within your day-to-day -day routines. 
Um, I guarantee you, you say there's 32,000 pounds come up, come, come up uh, 32,000 pounds, 32,000 properties come on the market in August. I guarantee you there's a lot more people want to buy than 32,000. There's no 30, problem with these... new listings a week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I guarantee that there's more than 32,000 people deciding that they want to buy a property a week. The problem is not, you know, it, it, the problem is, is that the properties might be coming off too much. They might not be packaged well. They might not be marketed properly. Um, but, but we won't have a lack of demand in the UK property market. We will have a lack of ability to take the product to the demand that exists. Yeah, what do you mean by that? I, I mean that agents are going to have to earn their corn. They're going to have to point their guns in a different direction. It's all been about the listing for, for, for a long time. List, 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 list. But it's not about, it might be list and reduce. You might now have to list and market. You might now have to list and do a proper video. You might have to list and make some bloody phone calls, God forbid, and actually phone around your database to engage with people to say, come and have a look at this property. Well, estate agents have to earn their money as opposed to just whacking it on right move. Oh, uh, uh, on the market and super other portals are other available. Other portals are available, Chris. I thought I'd get that one in. Okay. Um, okay. No, Ed, no, Chris, uh, you... go, go for it. Yeah, go on. So, uh, do, uh, do you know what? It's, it's bloody hard work when you show 30 people around one house and all of them want to buy it. Exactly. Um, I, 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 I do. I do think there's some really interesting opportunities within this. You know, changing dynamic it is not all bad news. There are going to be some fantastic opportunities. The bit I would add to what Jason said that I do think is is a little bit different, and why I completely concur with what Ian said. Spending more time at home in the pandemic has made home more important. You know, whenever people talk to me about moving home and you're an estate agent, what what should I do? Generally, the focus is around is financially now it's a good time to move. That narrative has changed over the last two years and, and, and people are, are choosing places to live with a lot more emotion um, than they've previously done. And, and having more availability and uh, a marketplace that, that, um, that, that Vicky described as being more, uh, more buyer friendly, I, I think is a fantastic opportunity for agents to genuinely engage with buyers, build great relationships and um, and make life better for the consumer in, in UK real estate. Um, I'd like to go to, I'd like to go to, thank you, thank you, Lee. I'd like to go to Ed Mead. Now Ed Mead runs Viewber, which basically is the outsourced viewing uh, company that a lot of agents use. Um, Ed, your your boys and girls, your men and women on the ground doing the viewings, have they noticed a shift in sentiment of the people walking through the door in the last few months, year, you know? Um, we don't particularly um, ask them about what the people are, th are thinking. That's that's not necessarily their job. It's to be there to facilitate the, the you know, the door opening and then the agent can, can, can do a follow-up. But certainly the numbers are well up, so clearly a lot of people are deciding which you would have thought is slightly counterintuitive. You know, it's been August, but we've had our busiest month ever. So it's very clear that people are choosing different priorities. Um, but I think I'd just come back. I mean, you know, I've been doing, I've been in the estate agency game for 43 years. I've been through three or four of these recessions and people always forget what the exciting things are about, um, and I'm, it's not a recession, you know, it's not at the moment anyway, it's just a different market, you know, market conditions change. And, and I think the last two years have, and I, this is no, um, I'm not being rude to any estate agents out there, but all, all most estate agents have had to do is sit on their backside and answer the phone for the last two years to make money. Now is when real estate agents have to shine. You know, this is when the going gets tough and the, the tough get going. But when you get a market like this where prices aren't doing this, it's the best time in the world to buy a bigger house. 
people forget that. They might think, oh my God, the house I was going to buy is, is no longer 500,000, it's 450, and my property's gone down from 350 to 325. Well, you're gaining 50 or 100 grand on the way up and losing 25 grand on the way down. There are lots of ways of phrasing a changing market in a very positive way for buyers. But as an estate agent, certainly at D&G in the old days, when this happened, it was a fantastic opportunity for us to shine. Our market share used to climb in a difficult market because we had good agents. We employed them, we paid them. And I think the opportunities these days for estate agents to really shine with that customer service bit, the bit that is on the phone to clients who can't sell their properties as quickly, to buyers who are keen and might need help with, with advice on stuff, because estate agents is about moving people, not about selling homes, it's about moving people. With the amount of tech that's available from some of the people around this room now and, and via things like the ICG, there are unprecedented opportunities to have estate agents using the phones properly and not just doing what they have been doing for the last two years, which is running around in their car, drinking coffee and calling people and getting back 10 offers the moment they arrive at a property. Very different conditions, but very good fun. OK, what I'd like to do is I'd like to go Ian White, then Jason Tebb, then Vicky. Add your comments, please. Well, I actually wanted to answer Jim Parker's uh, question that he's asked online here, which is, there is a flood of people coming on where we are. Is this because people are now panic, panicking and understanding they need to get their homes on now to get them sold before, I think he means, the shit hits the fan? Um, and, of course, there are going to be people that are getting their house on the market because they think the, the proverbial is hitting the fan. But I, I think... I think the market's just hit a peak and, and, and whenever the market hits a peak, people bring their houses for sale. I don't think there's any magic source, uh, particularly if you're downsizing. I mean, um, you know, right now to downsize is fabulous. To be able to negotiate on a purchase, you're in a better position. I'm sat in a brand new house that I moved into yesterday. I paid way over the odds for it. I mean, way over the odds for it because the circumstances meant I had to. If I was buying the same house today, I'd be able to get it for probably, I don't know, 100,000 less. There is massive opportunity for buyers and sellers. You can sell at peak. Um, you might have to be a little bit more uh, amenable to offers. You might not get your 20 people, but you can negotiate. This is about being represented by good estate agents. You market your property well, put it on at the right price. There will be more than 30,000 people a week wanting to sell, wanting to buy. The transactional volumes, I don't think are gonna be massively down. Um, just the prices might, 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 might ease off a touch. Um, and we won't have to do 20 viewings for a, for a buyer, as Lee says. I, I, for me, I think we're, we're in the perfect scenario. I don't, I don't have to kill myself showing 20 people around a house. I might only have to show three or four, but I have to be sensible and have bravery to tell the client the truth about what they're going to get for it. If I can do those two things, I'm okay. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell plenty of property. Okay, let's go to Jason, then we'll go Vicky, then we'll go Ian Macbeth. Yeah, I agree with, with you, Ian. And I think that, you know, coming back to an earlier point, people are moving and always will move for lots of other reasons other than just purely financial. Um, you look at what happened in 2008, there were still from memory 850 odd thousand transactions in the year. It wasn't zero. It wasn't 100,000, 850,000 transactions in a very, very tough year altogether. And yeah. so there is still those people who are moving because they are getting married, having children, sadly getting divorced, moving jobs. And it's those emotional reasons that drive the markets, not just purely financial. The second point I make is completely agree with Ian. In any market, you should, if the good agents will be the ones who make that market. And making that market means you may have to do things slightly differently than you did a few months ago, but it's using all the things at your disposable, all those levers to be able to really encourage those people who, for whatever reason, were thinking of selling, but decided 
Um, they're going to wait. That's that's a different conversation than has been previously for buyers. There's typically been lots of buyers for a particular property, and now those conversations may have to extend to talk about the the power of the the the, the long term property market to talk about trading gap and what that means. In if you're upsizing or downsizing, it's more of those conversations. But you know, I remember one of my best years was 2008, um, uh, and many people are surprised when they hear that. But you, if you make the market. And you understand what the key deliverables are and you adjust accordingly then the good agents will always thrive in my opinion okay let's go vicky then we go ian Macbeth, then we'll go lee wainwright one thing that i think is going to be really key for agents to get a hold of and get on top of asap is our databases um we've been bombarded with leads over the last couple of years and it was an interesting article that i think came out in pi yesterday from street talking about the number of duplicate leads within databases and in order to be able to serve people well, get back into our databases, and like Ian said, actually pick up the phone, we're going to need to know who's who, what they're looking for, what their motivation is for moving, and, you know, old leads, outstanding people that are no longer looking, and dirty databases have to be dealt with in order to ensure that there's, you know, successful process of building relationships and bringing back that level of service that these people actually deserve. I mean, we'll go to Ian in a second, but it absolutely shocks me that of all the people who have sold their house in the last two years, the half of them have only been in their house six years and 18 weeks or less. But only one in eight people will go back to the original agent they bought their house off. I mean, that's totally shocking. We're, you know, we should be in a relationship-based uh, profession. We're not, we're in a transactional. Let's go to Ian Macbeth. What have you got to say, Ian? Yeah, I think a couple of people have mentioned that average won't be good enough that's where it has been good enough for the last kind of two years it you can be in a lazy agent over the last two years and kind of get away with it but I think what we'll see over the next four months of this year is the people that have been really good that have really taken advantage of what's been an amazing market to work in as agents they're the ones that are going to have a really strong finish to the year and probably the ones that will see listings climb as well because they've done right by the public over the last two years and not, not been lazy with it so I think it's a good thing for all the top agents because we're going to experience a little bit of a gap between average and good and, and hopefully good turns into great. Um, but what also I think is really, really important that we haven't mentioned is I think a lot of the businesses need to really identify what they want to be known as in their marketplace. They really need to get clear on their marketing and they really need to move away from the classic estate agency chatter of being a bit vanilla looking for whole of market and really identify who they want to be in their marketplace because if economically it does get quite tough there's a lot of value that an estate agent has to offer a lot of education they can share with their community so they really have to say who they want to be and stick to their guns on that marketing channel and I think that communication with your audience with your database with your public that is where you can then set your stall out in the marketplace as that type of agent and your clients will then find you in, in the way that you talk to them directly. Well, that's interesting because what I want to do now is take the conversation to, to, to actually say, what do agents need to be doing now to actually make a difference? Okay. Now, interestingly, we've got two agents on here who are very, very good at their social media. You know, uh, Ian, you and your team produce a podcast on the rental market in Berkshire, you talk about what's happening in the property market. Uh, ben, you're very famous for your uh, videos um, with your microphones and, and not only you, but your team as well. You know, 
It's being different using the power of technology. So what I want to do is, is I want to move the conversation slowly, but what I want to do first before we move on and talk about that, I want to talk to, to, to Lee first and then Ian about almost concluding this part. And then we're going to move on and talk. And then I want to go back to Ian, Ben, and and everyone else talk about what we're going to do going forward if we're going to be those the difference as ian says between good agents and exit and, and average agents so uh lee first and then ian yeah so i was just coming in on on something on the back of a, a couple of the points that were made and that's <laughs> good agents are going to know to follow their metrics you'll understand whether your sales versus listing ratio is changing whether the price being achieved versus asking prices changing are changing that's all really obvious stuff and the good agents will be doing that one of the things i do think is very important to track right now because it is different and it's definitely different to anything even ed's 43 years has been through uh, are our people metrics the cost of living crisis is creating a very different view of um, uh, salary and um, the, the, the strikes that we're all experiencing are very different to anything that we uh, certainly the, the current employment generation have been through and i just think the economic uh, the employment conditions that exist right now for people who will have had it reasonably easy to earn decent money on the front line and the state agency if things become difficult for them and their commissions are affected getting them to change and getting them to shift from um, buyer-led um, activities to um, price reduction-led activities or longer-term relation-type activities could be quite difficult and they will have opportunities to go and work elsewhere um, that certainly when I've told people they needed to shift their behaviours in 2008 to win in that market they kind of looked over the fence thinking well it's going to be pretty tough to get a job elsewhere so I'll change Actually, I think in one of the one of the outcomes right now is I've got to change my behaviour. I actually quite liked what I used to do and change isn't good. And, and look at that over there with a the bigger basic salary and um, uh, easier opportunities to do something that's a bit more fun. So I, I do think the people metrics is definitely something we need to keep an eye on in, in, in our businesses. Right. I was going to go down the marketing route, but we'll put that one on the side. Let's go down this rabbit hole of people. Now, Ian White, you are boss man of Crooks Careers, so you are certainly got your finger on the pulse on this. And again, Jason, you might want to come in because obviously you, you're running a big firm with On The Market. What do staff need? What do you, what do bosses need to do with their staff if they're asking them to make those changes? Which we all know damn well it's really hard to get people to change. Uh, from my perspective, I think you should remove anybody that you don't think should be on the bus, um, and they should be gone. I think you should pay the people you do want on the bus appropriately and more to make them motivated and get the best, hire the best you can, basically the most adaptable, the most intelligent. Um, be brave, but go in with lower numbers and then outsource. Um, and have great people, you know, outsource, but have great people doing the sharp end of the business. Because right now, average ain't going to cut it. The outsourcers are doing a perfect job. We've got one. We've probably got the king of them right on the right on this 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 webinar. You know, why send a hundred grand a year guy to go and do some viewings? You don't need to do it. Get your listers to list. Get your listers to negotiate. Get your listers to get prices in the right place. Rely on other experts, but you don't have to have as many of these people. Rely on technology. That that would be my number one strategy. Would be to get the wrong people off the bus and get the right people on it. Um, and then I would be very very clear about who the customers are that I do not want to attract. Who do I not want to come and give me their instruction? Because I've made more money repelling business than I've ever done trying to chase it. 
be clear on who you do and don't want. For example, as uh, uh, Vicky won't mind me saying, they repel clients through their fee structure. They deliberately set out not to deal with the person that wants to have everything cheap, do it wrong, know best. You know, they only want to deal with people that understand and accept their expertise and that will pay, well, I can't remember what their fees are now, 1.6, 1.7, whatever, whatever they charge people, way above the, the, the average norm, yet they absolutely dominate their marketplace. They're not, they don't have this FOMO about they have to list everything. They, they want to list everything. They're greedy, like, like everybody. But if they lose one or two because of the fees, but gain 10, they champion the fact they gain 10, not the two they've lost. They don't yeah. worry about the two they've lost. Um, okay. I mean, why? Okay, then let's just open this one up. I think a biggest fear of estate agents is, is losing listings, even though they might, act, by gaining it, they might actually be ultimately losing. So let's just, put, let's just open it up to everyone here. Why are agents fearful of losing listings? Let's go to Ben. Well, and then the basics, because firstly, it's a competitive thing. Have to win in this game. Want to be a winner. Don't want to be a loser. Secondly, someone might buy it. It's, you know, what do you just say? FOMO. It's the fear that someone might buy that property, even though it's 30% over in terms of price. No one's going to buy it. Everyone knows they're not, but you just never know. I think that's what drives a lot of it. Secondly, maybe, I mean, I'm less involved with larger corporates, but you talk about KPIs, talk about metrics, listing metrics. They just want to get it on. You know, I, I know one business have a listing metric and they have a price reduction metric. Um, and so that works for them. List at a high price and somebody else gets the benefit of getting the reduction. And then eventually, potentially they sell or a good agent comes in after 12 weeks, sweeps it up, puts it on the right price and sells it. Um, everyone has their place. But I think that's the main that's the, the two things. It's a fair thing because it could sell. That's maybe the lesser experienced agents. And then the larger ones are looking at metrics and KPIs. OK, let's go to Jason Ted. Then I'd like to go to Ian McBeth and Vicky B afterwards. Um, I don't think it's um, necessarily a, you know, a, a criticism to, to want more and more stock because stock breeds stock. Whenever I was trying to build a build a, a small startup office or starting a new office within an agency group, um, it, you, you have to start with some stock levels. And then the way to get more is to attract buyers to those original properties. And then you'll get buyer to seller conversions off those. So it's all about stock breeding their own stock that continually therefore evolves and builds out that pipeline i think agents often naturally of course they do they think about their pipeline opportunities and their pipeline opportunities means that if i have 100 listings rather than 50 if i work on a fact that 50 percent will sell 30 percent might fall through and i'll get the best of, of the fees on the on on the outcome of those then of course naturally it breeds the attitude that you have to list as much as possible at whatever price as, as possible but i think also when you think about that the, the what agents do and i think they do do a, a, a tough job particularly in in these markets because educating a seller as to what's actually happening in the marketplace and why that the property why they stand by the valuation that they gave initially and why maybe three or four weeks later they're coming back to them and saying that valuation should probably take a price reduction is about having authority it's about having a command of what's happening in the marketplace it's about being bold and being brave and i think agents you know the good agents as um as ian mentioned earlier that the good agents the ones that understand that are not afraid to pick up the phone and have those conversations and then those stock levels can convert into sellable properties over, over time i mean god god forbid valuers actually picking the phone up for price reductions god dear i'll speak of the stages turning in their grave now now tell you what is an interesting stat 
there's two very very well known London estate agents. I will not mention their names, but uh, but basically they're in the top ten. One of them exchanges on 62% of all the properties they put on the market, whilst the other one, which is even well no better known, only exchanges on 28%. So there's a disparity there, isn't there, in terms of putting it on the market and selling. Well, can't mention the names online because I'll, be, I'll get my legs slapped. I'd like to go to Ian Macbeth. What have you got to add to this? And then we'll go to Vicky B, and then we'll go to Ian White. Yeah, staying on the, the bit about people, Ian mentioned about keeping your good people on the bus. Um, I was a branch manager in 2007 of... of quite a big office and we were market leaders in 2007 it was an easy year and in 2008 by actually one of Ian's colleagues I got my absolute ass kicked to that year and the big reason why that happened was because there was a plan in place with the competing agent and what they did differently to us with the workforce was we from director level and I was the branch manager were stripped of expensive staff and basically had cheaper staff in roles so we had six members of staff at the time but they were quite inexperienced but they were cheap so that's how we thought we would survive whereas the competition had four members of staff stripped out the bottom and almost cross-purpose some really experienced staff to work so it was four versus six in numbers but in experience levels it was vastly different and we, we got our absolute arse handed to us that year because we were inexperienced and we were panicking every quarter. The fear of getting the right listing was there, the right price and working everything. And it was we were always chasing tail because we didn't have a plan in place. And that's something that I learned from back then. But for the managers out there, for the area managers and directors, I think use this opportunity to put a plan in place that means systematically you can go and give quality to the client and that is how you will get through if things do get, you know, not as bad as 08, I'm sure. But if they do get tough, that's how you get through is with experience and quality. Because the people that joined in the last three years agency, our, our industry, they're not estate agents, unfortunately. And they could become estate agents, but they've learned to be estate agents in the worst possible market for their future careers. The people now will become really good estate agents from what we're about to experience. So if you had to distill that down, are you saying that probably four exceptional colleagues, which will be the same cost as probably six average colleagues, is going to be better because they'll be able to be smarter and they'll probably work harder, get be able to get more work done. Is that what you're saying? So there's a, yeah. Is that, yeah? yeah Let's go to Vicky, what have you got to add on that? I think from, so two points, from the perspective of the fee, um, it's definitely all about perspective there. And it's evident that in our industry, there's a big lack of understanding around profit, loss, how, you know, for example, 10 instructions at 1% is a completely worse than six at one and a half or more. Um, and even the conversion rates that you were talking about between sale agreed and exchange and completion. So evidently pricing it accurately, getting it on for the right fee will ensure that you do less work, but achieve more and yield more on the back end. So that's really, really key for people to start understanding that it's not about quantity it's about quality and if you can get the quality right and shift towards bringing on volume even better but when we take it back to 2008 and 9 when things were really really tough we had to do some really drastic things or it didn't seem that drastic in order to maintain that fee level when everybody else was as we say dropping their pants so if you consider you've gone and valued a property and their garden's an absolute mess and you can offer them for that one and a half or more percentage that you'll have their garden tidied up, 
can send a clean around. When you look at the difference of that extra 0.5 and what you'd be paying, which we were doing constantly, we were a brand new business, we opened in 2006, so we had to. I refused, even back then, to drop our fees to ridiculous levels, but found ways and used initiative to bring that fee level up. And so that perspective is everything um, and will make fundamentally a huge difference to the business. And from the people perspective, train, develop, support get the wrong ones off the bus obviously but support the right ones educate the right ones we need to turn these into businessmen and women rather than just negs do, do you know what i mean that register buyers and show them properties they have to have a better understanding of how our industry and market works okay we're going to come back to training in a second uh, i'd like to i've got a few people that want to say something Ian, i'd like to come back to you you mentioned before outsourcing you know, basically looking at your estate agency business and looking at stuff that you can outsource. I mean, obviously, Ed, you, you do outsourcing viewings. What other important outsourcing could agents do to allow their frontline boys and girls to actually pick up the phone and start building relationships with people? Oh, well, there's loads. I mean, I, 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 uh, Ian talked about the six versus four. I'm sure that the four he was talking about were backed up by centralized, either centralised or outsourced um, I'm not so sure if I know who Ian was competing with or not, but if, if it is who I think it was, um, they, yes, there was four on the front line, highly paid people that were good and in control and calm and knew how to ride the storm, but they were backed up by either internal resource or external outsources. In, in this, in, in, back in those days, it was different when there was no viewer. Um, but, you know, you, you can have outsourced sales progression, you can have outsourced viewings, you can have outsourced marketing, you can have outsourced social media. Not so much, I don't think you can have outsourced um social media the creation of it because i think it has to be a personal thing but the tidying of it up the, the polishing of it and getting it pushed out with the right the right audience i think can be done by experts pr um you know i'm learning a lot about pr at the moment and seeing how powerful that is in terms of changing perceptions um you know and pr hasn't really been used very well by estate agents i think social yeah. media has but that, that's not pr that's a different thing so you know there's, there, there are lots and lots of things going on but i i would just really echo what everyone's saying Four good people with the right attitude and the right, yes, trained, yes, mentored, yes, looked after, yes, socially taken care of. They will always, always come through whatever the market does better than six people that aren't equipped, aren't trained, don't want to do it, ain't going to listen, haven't got the skills, haven't got the attitude. They're going to fail no matter what happens. Okay. Um, I'd like to go to Ed Mead. Ed Mead, what would you, you know, Let's go back to 2008 when you're in charge of Douglas and Gordon. London market really did hit the buffers. What do you wish, if you had two or three things, excluding obviously your services, which is Viewber, we'll take that as red, but what other services do you wish you had then that are available to agents now for outsourcing to enable their colleagues on the front line to actually be let loose and do the stuff they should be doing? Well, I've come back to one of the things, um, there's been some really good stuff said, and actually Ian McBest had said some wonderful things, and, and, and I think that the, what I would love, for instance, um, is to, to have people who could do sales progression, for instance. Now, there's a very good company as part of the ICG, um, ASAP, Assured Selling Progression. Sales progression is one of those jobs that estate agents don't often like to do because it's just taking it away from their front line. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, it's it clearly it needs to be done, but the ability to give it to someone who's probably better at it than you are and actually can can do the job and allow you to go and get, get the new listings to, you know, to hold the hands of, of your favourite buyers, that would have been a really good one. I, I would have absolutely loved to have been able to have that. 
Um, I mean, the reason, funnily enough, I started ViewBrot was, was off the back of that 2008-9 problem, not being able to get people to go and do viewings at weekends just when they wanted to go and see them. And I think that's one of the main things that estate agents have got to learn to change, is to react to what buyers want, not what sellers want. I know sellers pay us, but it's very, very difficult sometimes when it's buyers that are making the demands not being paid. And you have to, the old-fashioned estate agent would have said, well, hang on a minute, I'm not paying you. you or rather, you're not paying me. I need to, you know, I need to do what the seller wants to do. And that's the way the market works. Um, I would just reiterate as well that what Ian um, White just said about the, um, the PR side of things, massive. Agents do not get PR. It's normally bosses within the businesses who think they can do PR. And nine times out of ten, they're absolutely useless at it. You've got to find the right person in your business who can talk to the press and talk to people. And that might be someone who's sitting in an office somewhere in an outlying office, but they've just got the right... Um, abilities in front of the camera. Most people you shove a camera in front of their face or a microphone, they just go completely wooden and go, oh, um, uh, you know, I've got a clue what they're doing. So um, that's vital. But I, I come back to this thing about agents. I, what I would love to have done would have been, and what I did do to some extent was have the best people in the business doing the best jobs. Estate agents do so many different jobs, whether it's showing properties, being a, you know, being a sales progressor, trying to win listings, holding people's hands, all that. And they can't do all of it. And I'm sorry, the very worst bits are the bits that the most estate agents do. Like Ian McBeth was saying, it's been a terribly bad breeding period for estate agents over the last two or three years because they just haven't had to learn to be a proper estate agent, which is much more along the lines of what Vicky and Ben have been talking about. Lovely. Let's go to Ben Madden. So um, just for a bit of um, balance, I'm going to talk about estate agents actually doing what they need to do and doing everything themselves. And I'm not saying... Um, there's not a place for outsourcing. There are some elements we outsource. But as Vicky mentioned, well, actually, as most people have mentioned, people need to learn to be good business people. That starts by being learning to being good estate agents. And I'm afraid if for, you know, as I mentioned, sales progression, for me, that is absolutely crucial. If we're going to teach someone to be a fantastic estate agent, they must know the sales progression piece inside out. That's where we bring the value. The value in marketing and the value in getting a property under offer, yes, absolutely, it's the bells, it's the whistle, it's the fun, it's the sexy stuff. But the hard work begins when we start getting things over the line. And so my general view is that actually, firstly, to go back to a few things, everyone I've spoken to in a state agency is quite excited about the future. You know, maybe I'm not speaking to the, the less experienced guys, but I think the good agents are thinking, yeah, we, you know, okay, you yeah, know, quite excited about the next six to 18 months. Um, People-wise, I completely agree we want a low-volume business here. And that line from good to great, I'd rather the work of 10, I'm going to recruit six to do it and pay them like they're eight. And I just want them to work their arse off and be fantastic for what they do. I completely agree it's about having the right people, but the right people also need that guidance around discipline, around organisation, around focus. And as we move forward into, you know, whatever this change might be, there is a way to get everything you need to get done done if you apply that discipline. I mean, we're not a particularly organized bunch you know as estate agents we follow the you know we're off to chase the rainbow whatever it might be but that focus means you can do your call out you can do your prospecting you can do your touting you can do your social media you can yeah. do your short term your midterm and your long term you can get through it we do a long day but the only way i think we're going to get people to that level is letting them get involved and get stuck in ian Macbeth, his model it forces his guys have got to be great they've got to know every area of the business finding country offer a similar sort of proposition in certain areas they're forced they have to be experts and i think the future of this industry is about experts expertise 
if I was going to focus on two areas, it would be comms and comms. It'd be my communications, it'd be my my commissions. I want to have great commission packages coming in, but I want to be my communications got to be exceptional. And it's got to create the opportunities for me to generate the highest commissions in the marketplace. And that brings the best people along on the ride. Interestingly there, I think you're, what you're saying is, is that the bosses of the businesses have to step up and actually be leaders as opposed to managers. And let's be honest, most estate agents, they're not particularly good leaders. They tend to be more managers. Um, I'd like to come to you, Jason. You've been very famous getting your word out on your very famous town halls. And the, I must admit, you've been doing an exceptional job there talking to estate agents. I don't want you to mention any names, but obviously you're a very good judge of character being the person you are is what do you see the good agents doing in terms of their team and the way they communicate and the way they lead their team as opposed to the average it's a good question Chris so I think it's about um understanding your business understanding yourself what your own strengths are uh setting out your stool in any market in a flyaway market in a challenging market really understanding what the core USPs of the business are and the core USPs are usually around the individuals because let's face it uh, an average potential seller gets 2.9 valuations they have three people coming around sit on their sofa all three may well say I've got a good website advertise on portals I work really long hours I'm I'm I know the area I've sold the last one down the street Mrs Smith they'll all say that but ultimately, the thing that makes the difference between having a valuation and actually instructing someone is the agent that they trust the most, the one that they believe is actually going to represent their best, best interest. It's called agent for, for a reason. You know, we, the, these individuals res, are responsible for that particular listing. So it's about really understanding that USP and quite strongly linked to that is what your fee structure is and sticking to it. You know, I worked at, uh, as you all know, I'm sure I worked at Foxons for seven years. I never once negotiated the fee because I wasn't allowed to. There wasn't a box at the bottom that said I could squiggle something out and put something else in. The fee was the fee and that's what we did. I replicated that by the way, when I went to Chesterton and we did exactly the same and we didn't, we didn't uh, change the fee at all in that process. What we did and how we managed to deliver on the results that were expected of us is because we understood that the key USP is the individual. And when we sat on that sofa, we are making sure that we are coming across as different, as memorable, as creating a lasting impression with the client, following them up at times they wouldn't expect, going over and above in terms of being able to demonstrate that you are an expert in your field, you're an expert in your area, you know your location and you're going to work bloody hard for them. And that is the best bit of advice that I was given and I could absolutely give to anyone else as well. Interesting, you said, you know, everyone says estate agency is a people business, but if you actually go and look at our marketing, we tend to push the brand out and we don't tend to put the people out there. I mean, we've got two agents here which are very famous about getting themselves out on social media. We've got Ben and we've got Ian Macbeth. Um, let's just touch on marketing. What advice would you give to agents with regard to their marketing? Ian Macbeth first, then Ben second. Yeah, I said earlier about you, you've got to make sure you know what you who you want to talk to and what your identity is. And like Jason was mentioning there is in your marketplace, what is, what is the market you want? Because you could go after vanilla, you could go after everything, but you can't get everything. So you end up just losing. So which part of the market do you want? For me in the home counties, we want the families. We want people that are thinking of having a baby in a year's time. So people that have got their children just come back from uni and they're thinking about a downsize. That's the journey we're on. So 
we will actively upset the people on the 25% either side of that because I don't care about them in the nicest possible way. They're not our market. Our market is what we're focusing on. So I have to relate to them as well. Um, and I think just a couple of people have mentioned about sort of getting on the phones and stuff like that being really important in, in coming months and year. It isn't because it's not 2008. The world is different and people don't answer their phones. And the only way you will get someone to answer your phone is by being an estate agent that's saved in their contacts because they're not answering your office line, but they will answer your mobile to mobile. So the good agents from a marketing point of view are able to talk to clients or prospective clients for the future and have their phone number saved in their phone number as in my case, Ian Macbeth. That's how you will be able to talk to people. You can't just call out because they won't answer your phone. I don't answer my phone to anyone that I don't know that's saved in my contact reel anymore. So how do you communicate to your future clients through marketing in this day and age? And that is in a couple of different ways. Obviously having a really good CRM that helps you with that. I think like Ed and Ian have said before, you've got to have the right sort of software behind you. So having a good CRM that you can cultivate that client database with really well. But your social media in the way that I work it is based on retargeting. It's based on communication through video. They don't need to like, they don't need to comment, but I know they're watching. And when they watch, I'll send them another video that's relevant to the one they just watched. And you work your marketing strategy on the identity of who you want to be and the client you want to attract. And, and it can that, happen. That, that's how it will win in the future. You know, and people say, well, how do you learn targeting? There's this new website, take this down, G-O-O-G-L-E. And this is, you basically type in, how do I retarget Facebook adverts? And you can learn in an hour. Okay, I know I'm taking the mickey there, but honestly, there's no excuse. You've got Google, you've got YouTube. I'm going to go to Ben Madden to talk about marketing. But what I then would like to do is I'm going to go around every single person on this call and talk about their big takeaway that from, from what they've learned today, you be it leadership, be it marketing, be it correct teams, be it fees, be it outsourcing. So just prepare yourself. I'm going to come around to everyone and talk about their biggest takeaway. But I'd like to go to Ben. Ben, you're, you and your guys at Fine and Country in West London really are pulling trees up with regard to your marketing. What are you doing to attract people to your agency? Um, so I think we're, we're at a point where if, if the market shifts and so the, the, the volume of work has to move away from buyer management to seller management and, and, and new client generation, there's a risk that, you know, estate agents behave in a particular way. They become very reactive based on what's coming at them. So the last couple of years, as Ian pointed out earlier, probably haven't grown very good estate agents in this, in this country because they've been very reactive to what's coming at them and they haven't behaved in a particularly proactive manner. Well, if we now say it's all about stock generation and getting the right properties, and uh, sorry, it's all about uh, getting properties under offer and we're going to do certain things in a certain way, we become a little bit reactive to what that is. So our general view is there's reactive, there's day-to-day, -day, there's short-term, mid-term, long-term. And we just approach social media as a longer-term pipeline. Um, and in theory, the work we do now hopefully will benefit from in a year or two. Certainly, yeah, short term, occasionally you'll get you know, a lead will come through and there's some good interactions. But there's stuff we can do on a day to day basis that we know will impact the business really positively in the next month. There's the old school marketing work, what we call it old school, more traditional. Three to six months, we'll get really good results on that. But social media for us is, is something, firstly, that it's not been taken up massively in the UK yet. There's a huge gap. There's a huge opportunity. We feel like we're a little bit ahead of the curve because so few agents are using it. We think our, our audience, our market, the people we want to be interacting with, they're going to see that as a forum for where they're going to judge the sort of people they want to work with in the future. And so 
we're churning out content at a rate of knots. Um, to Ian's point, um, it needs to be relevant for the sort of people you want to do business with. Um, ours is sort of upper end stuff, but at the same time, it's it's very geography specific. We do a, a macro London market update every week. We do our individual town updates every week. Very simple, pull the data. I do a day's videoing every month, you know, I, I block up my content and then it gets released, staggered over the month. And yeah, the likes and the comments, the ego metrics don't mean anything. We can see how many people are, are watching this stuff. We can see how many people are viewing it. The amount of us, the amount of eyes we can get on our business, on our people, on me, on my team. If I could make that many calls, if I could travel back in time and you know, 10 years ago, we making as many calls as you possibly can. If I could make 10,000 calls a day, I'd be the best estate agent on the planet, but I can't, but I can get myself in front of 10,000 eyes. Well, maybe a slight exaggeration, not 10,000 a day. But the point is, I said earlier, I would focus on two comms, commissions and communication. And for me, social media is an opportunity to communicate with so many more people than traditional stuff that we would have done. Thank you, Ben. And again, the best thing you can do, boys and girls, is just go and follow Ian and go and follow uh, Ben and just, just literally look at, spend four hours looking at their content. Right, let's start from the top. Biggest takeaway. Let's go to uh, Lee Wainwright, Lee Wainwright's boss man of Focal, who are in a, a firm that you can outsource your photographs and EPCs and 3Ds and drones and everything. They're bloody amazing. Um, Lee, what have you got? What's your biggest takeaway from today? Make it short and sweet, please. Uh, certainly, if I was back in agency now, um, my my two focuses, social media, is, uh, and the, the boys are completely right in terms of that um, uh, commentary and that it's 10 times more powerful than, than getting on the phone. And the second thing for me then is being really clear on what it is I'm going to do with my teams so that my teams are, uh, are, going, are, are capable of winning. Uh, Good stuff. Uh, ben Madden, biggest takeaway. Uh, I've got two really. Firstly, I, I really liked uh, Vicky's anecdote about getting in, stuck into the garden and doing whatever you can to, to, to maintain a high level fee. She's done really similar at a previous business with lettings and those bolt-ons and sort of, you know, it's easy to forget stuff you haven't done in 10 years. But that I think is very clever and a fantastic way to differentiate. And it was just one line that Jason said, we used to follow up at times they didn't expect which is just so clever, so genius. If I'm calling you at eight o'clock on a Thursday night, nobody else is, that's going to be memorable. I think that's just such a brilliant, such an easy thing to apply. Good stuff. Let's go to Jason Ted, boss man of On The Market. Um, it's, it's very simple, really. It's, uh, as we've heard, that we've shared a lot of ideas and how often do agency branches, managers, teams all get together and talk about it and talk about what's, what, how to execute a strategy Many, many branch managers, business leaders know what the right things are to do. It's about making sure you've got the right people doing the right things every day consistently, talking about it as a team and really thinking about the future and how to best adapt to it is probably the, the, the one of the most important things we can do. Vicky Babiris. Um, I love what the boys were talking about in terms of marketing and understanding because there's absolutely no excuse. We do have Google, we do have YouTube. The volume of leads we get off the back of YouTube has increased significantly this year. Um, understanding offline and online marketing and ensuring that your mobile number is saved in the phone of the clients that you're trying to contact is absolutely key. Um, so move away from the office line wherever possible. Educate yourself, educate your team and ensure that you're at the forefront of all of these things and you're bound to win. Ian White. 
I, I think I would be saying that the market's changing, not challenging, and, and all change brings about opportunity, and that's where you can make a big difference in change, but it requires good leadership, sensible decisions, and instead of panicking, just find the opportunity in the change. You're just pointing your gun in a different place. That's all you've got to do. Uh, Ed Mead. I think everyone will have their own takeaways from this, but I would like to pick up on the know the market you're aiming for. When I was running D&G in Chelsea, for instance, we were well known as an upper end flat agent. We didn't go after the houses because someone else had them. We knew what we were capable of doing. Um, and then once we were once we knew what we were doing, I used to differentiate myself from everybody else. And my way of doing that, and this is only just a suggestion, not one I suggest most people go and try and do. Instead of wearing a suit, I wore a bright red fleece. And I wore a, and I got around on a big stripy motorbikes. People always remembered me. <laughs> Differentiate yourself and know exactly what it is you're trying to do. Uh, thank you everyone for attending today. More importantly, thank you for everyone that who has listened in. I hope you've learned a lot from it. Um, I'd like to personally thank everyone uh, who's given an hour of their time today to be on this webinar. And I hope you can take one thing away from this, everyone that's been listening to this, and, and put it into action. It's all about knowing your numbers, communicating, knowing your, your colleagues, getting the right team, uh, charging the right fees, and, and just basically being being a great estate agent. So let's just wave goodbye, everyone, to the, uh, everyone in the estate agency land. And thank you very much for listening. See you on. Bye-bye. All right, everyone. Thank you.